Marhaba, and welcome to the Matrix Green Pill, where real people connect. Hello, and welcome back to the Matrix Green Pill podcast. My name is Ilmarie Hutchison, and today I am so excited to introduce not one, but two guests for this week's podcast. Dina Bibi Lee and Summer Asfor are the managing partners of Nested VFX. Welcome both of you to our podcast. Hello. Hello. Thank you. Very happy to be on it. Yeah, thanks for having us. I'm really excited to hear your story. I know you have an interesting story to share with our guests today. So let's just jump right into it. Samir, would you like to start and tell us a little bit about your background first? I started my career in the media industry and then actually in video editing when I was 15, I had a chance to work with a local TV station. Back then, we were still using the old machines, so it wasn't a computer like the one we use today where you just download the software and edit. It was multiple players and multiple cassette machines that you cut in between and record. I fell in love with the craft, studied films, came to Dubai, started running actually a post-production department for one of the biggest production houses here. Worked a bit in digital content production. And then finally in 2020, I established Nested VFX with my two partners, Dina and Anthony. So it was pure chance to start with, but then you were really keen and you put in the effort to learn and really get involved with it. Now, Dina, what about you? Tell us a little bit about your background. Yeah, so mine's a little different. I was born and raised in Texas, actually. Both of my parents are in the medical field, and I always loved science and medicine. At 16, I was an, a nursing aide, and at 17, I was studying pharmacy in my high school because I had great opportunities. And then I kind of reached university, and I basically, I was kind of at odds with what I was studying in pre-med, and I stumbled quite literally stumbled upon a film course, Media Arts, it was called, at my university. And I just fell in love completely with the curriculum. And I always kind of loved everything to do with the industry and to do with storytelling and the magic you can make. And so I came for an internship and it happened to be the company that Samra was working at at the time. I found myself in the post-production department specifically and got along with everyone. It was like a great team of people to work with. And it just kind of snowballed from there. Our listeners who don't know, educate us a bit. When we talk about post-production, what are we talking about? What exactly is this that you guys do? So basically, I'm sure you heard the word, it's a wrap. When there is a shoot, they film for one, two, 10, 20 days. So once the production is done, our work starts. And it's a very uh, streamlined process. We have the offline editing, where you take the footage that were shot and you actually edit them together. You have color grading, which is creating the cinematic look of each shot. Motion graphics, creating every graphical element a film might need. You have VFX, which is a visual effect. You extend the set, you film in Dubai and you want it to be in Paris. Whatever you can think of you wanna to add to the scene, this is what we do. And computer graphics where we built a city in 3D, where we built a character in 3D. And in the end, we have online and mastering is taking all of these and giving a proper master that will be played out perfectly on wherever it's intended to go. 
They call it the invisible art, specifically editing. But I honestly think the whole post process is truly an invisible art. You don't quite think about how this cut matches the next cut. And suddenly it's a scene that was somber and it's funny. You don't think about how the style of an airplane can completely change whether you're looking at an American war film or an Australian war film. So all of these things can greatly influence what you're putting on a screen in front of you. And it, it makes all the difference in the world. The beauty of what we do is every project is unique. We never get bored. Both of you, your background so then prepared you to be in this area called post-production. It's extremely niche. Am I right? Yeah, I would say it's very, very niche. And you need to know something about Dina and me. We are storytellers at heart. We love writing stories, filming stories. There is nothing more than editing mm-hmm. that can push the storytelling to its limit. We both started from the storytelling point mm-hmm. that we want to tell the best stories in the most appealing way. That brings me then to talking about Nested VFX. What was the catalyst? What inspired you to start Nested? When me and Sam and I worked together, we would exchange like our script ideas. Sometimes we would just exchange and like give each other pointers. But we realized like we both really enjoyed it. And we also realized that our storytelling was very limited because there's a lot of VFX. So then it became, okay, well, how do you reach a point where you can actually create these stories that you're writing? Like, what do we do next? And then we realized, well, we're already, we know how to do it. We know how to make this work. It got deeper into kind of realizing that we are in an environment that is in need of such a craft because it's so niche, like you said. And yeah, that's what led us into the idea of Nested and it kind of went from there. Actually, it was Dina who was like, you know what, we need to go big or go home. I don't know why I had a feeling that it just seemed so attainable and that was it for me. So that was the decision I made and And made him go along with it. Dina, I had... So many challenges from how to make it as a reasonable investment for us, where we, we were just starting in our careers, didn't have any savings. We had to learn how to manage a company because both of us are artists. But managing a company was a painstaking business that we had to learn it the hard way. It was definitely a learning curve. So... The thing is that we started the company, we signed the papers in January 2020. We're fitting the office, we're buying equipment, we're buying furniture. And we got the key to the office on the 25th of March 2020. So we had the keys, we barely spent a couple of days in the office. And then it was like, okay, guys, the world is ending. We're going to go into lockdown. Yep. How crazy was that? Oh, what did you do? I can jump in on this one. Samer panicked like usual. And I was like, okay, let's just, things will work out. And he would like message me a zillion times a day. Like, what are we going to do now? Who are we going to reach out to? Let's set up meetings. I'm like, Samer, no one's going out. No one's just relax. This might be the last time that you can sit and chill with your family. Just And it was. And it was. That's the beauty of a partnership, right? When the one is down, the other one is pulling them up. And then when it's the other way, the other person is pulling them up. And that's a fantastic partnership, which is then helps you to overcome the hurdles and the challenges that do come along. But absolutely incredible that you went into this. So 2020, you didn't decide to start this because of COVID and because of the situation. You had made the decision and then COVID came along and then you had to adjust everything to make it work within the the new normal. 
Exactly. The way the market was set up, the way they handled COVID specifically in Dubai and everything that went around that was at first we thought it was a curse, but it actually, I think, ended up a lot of it being a big blessing. Then you set up this visual effects company, which there was nothing else like it already or... Dubai was a big hub for post-production and VFX during the early 2000s. Big machines, big investments. When I first came to Dubai in 2013, it was a striving scene. 2015 onwards, we saw all of the big names disappear because everything became more remote. Everything became more accessible by internet. Now something you needed a $40,000 machine to do, you can do it on a $1,000 laptop. And this created a big void because the big companies didn't know how to ride this new wave. Everyone in the market started to outsource to all over the world, actually. And in my capacity, in my old job, I was outsourcing outside. And we saw a big chance. Dina's knowledge in the market, my knowledge in the market can really bring an added value to the clients that they are missing when they go to a foreign uh, post-production company and VFX company. What would you say are some of the other challenges that you faced in setting up and starting a business in the UAE? And we ask this to give tips to our listeners if they were going to start a new business in the UAE. For me, I think a couple of challenges were a bit specific to our industry, which is finding the right people, the right kind of artists that fit our standards and what we wanted to present to our clients. So there was definitely that aspect. But I think going even earlier, it's not just like a list of things you need to do, paperwork that you need to fill to get it rolling. There's so many more steps to that. And more than likely, once you finish one task or 10 tasks, you're going to have 50 more. If I want to give an advice to someone opening a startup, I would say, first of all, whatever the numbers in your budget Double sample contingency. Yes. Secondly, bank. Getting a bank account is the single most important and hard thing to do. Thirdly, when you're getting an office, understand what you're getting. Because in many parts of the world, you get an office like you get a home, where it's everything is there. You just plug yourself and rent it. In Dubai, we were only offered a shell and core office where we had to build the wall to cable it ourselves. Understand the insurance needs, understand the free zones regulations or the mainland regulations. Something I wanted to add, actually, which is flexibility. I think a lot of people's downfall is that when they have this certain vision or idea in their mind, it's not filled. They refuse to kind of change their trajectory to account for all these big hits that they may take or these big changes in the world around them. Because at the end of the day, it's not just that we're changing, it's that everything around us changes at a constant basis. And if we're not flexible, then it's going to be very harmful to what you're trying to do for yourself. Absolutely. Now, one of the challenges that comes with high pressure, a lot of work, even though you enjoy the work, is often mental wellness and and mental health. Have you come across that and how have you dealt with that? When you're starting your own business, you're not only the artist, you're the producer, you're the manager. We used to come to the office at 8, leave at 2. Most of the time, it's 2 a.m. 2 a.m. Being bombarded with the work, being responsible for the work, being liable, liable to pay our employees, liable to pay our bills, liable to give a good quality to our clients. Another part is we started to see when you're an employee, it's different dynamics than when you're a company. Sometimes me and Dina enjoyed staying up late because we wanted to finish the project, but someone else has a date. 
someone else needs to go and see their parents, their friends, to go to the movies. It's a very difficult industry to be in. Add to this that the UAE aside, we see the UAE in the mental health is one of the most advanced countries. But if you look at the wider region, mental health is a taboo. You're not allowed to say that I am burnt out at work. You're not even allowed to complain about not feeling well. We started to realize that it not only affects you, but it affects everyone around you. It's a domino effect. We're very vulnerable in this industry to the intensity of everything that happens. So it just became something that like we couldn't ignore. Add to this, you have two layers of how me and Dina approach this. The first layer is what's feasible, tangible with us, is how we relieve our employees how we deal fairly with them. There's also a bigger need for communication throughout the line of the industry. And this is what we're trying to plan and build. You've seen firsthand the toll it can take on your mental health, all the pressure constantly. So one message that you would share with our listeners when it comes to balancing work and life. I think it depends on the perspective you're looking at. But for me, I would say just be easy on, be kind to yourself. I think that's super important. I think especially when you're looking at from an artist's perspective and you're under pressure, intense, intense pressure, you're really hard on yourself with the work you put out there. You yourself are just pushing yourself to finish something because you feel strongly about it or there's a deadline. And sometimes mistakes happen along the way, especially with the high intensity that we can work under sometimes, the high pressure. So I think for me, I would say just being kind to yourself when you can be. And for me, it's choose who you work for. Because if more people said no to unfair work conditions, the more companies will be vested, us and our competitors, because we want our competitors to have fairer approach with their employees, because then their prices will go up. Then we can be able to be more comfortable giving more incentives to our employees. So, And I think awareness, knowing that there are these challenges and that we need to be conscious of our mental well-being and the mental well-being of our employees, of the people around us. Having that conversation already is a step in the right direction. You guys clearly are conscious of it and you are working towards making that a conversation. We're going to be taking concrete actions towards this. We have a lot of ideas. One of them in the pipeline is to create animation videos, some of them to our suppliers, just to tell them, Go easy on yourself. Be fair with the team that you have. And uh, we're already trying to reach out to psychologists and mental health experts around the world to be able to bring this to the table. I love that. That sounds like an absolutely brilliant idea. I would love to have you guys back on the podcast to talk about this in particular and about what what you're doing with it and, and where you're going with it. I think it's a fantastic idea and it's something that is absolutely so needed. Oh, it would be our pleasure. Yeah, we'd love to reach a point where we have much more to talk about and to spread more awareness because it's definitely something that's very near and dear to us. Now we've come to the segment of our show where I will ask you some rapid fire questions, our version of a game show. So we are heading towards the Oscars coming up very soon. So who would your Oscar be, Dina, for the best VFX movie of any year? Oh, of any year, for me, the answer is, I'm sure it's such a cop-out, but it's Interstellar. 
Okay, I love that movie. Okay, and for you, Summer? It's 2001 Space Odyssey. There is nothing that for me will ever be doing visual effects the way that Kubrick did it with light rather than with a digital uh, intermediate. Okay, good. Dina, your Oscar for an underrated gem. Walk the Line, story of Johnny Cash. Excellent. I love that movie. Okay, Summer, your Oscar for the best movie in this region. Maroon Baghdadi, Harub Sahira, Little Wars. It's a Lebanese movie done in the 80s. If there was one movie that you could recreate, uh, preferably a movie that didn't do well but has a lot of potential, what would that be? Narnia. For me, it was the series of unfortunate events. Oh, yes, as well, yeah. And the last one, a movie character you most relate to. Although she's also a book, but Katniss Everdeen. Okay, and for you, Summer? Miranda from The Devil Wears Brother. Okay, we just watched it the other night. It's funny. And I'm going to ask you one last question. What is one thing that you do every day, no matter how busy you are? I have to sit down and watch a mindless Netflix show. Even if I get home at like 2 a.m. from work, I have to watch something that will like untangle the web of whatever was knotted in my head from the workday. So that's me. And Sama, for you? No matter how busy I am, I spend time with my daughters. I always be there, even on the most hectic days. So that's the end of the game show. That was pretty easy. You both did well. Now, before we wrap up, we'd like to do our green pool moment. So could you share an inspiring or life-changing experience that you have gone through your green pool moment? For me, it goes to my last year in college. It was acknowledged that I have anxiety. I decided that I'm not going to let that limit the decisions, big or small, that I make in my life. In fact, I will make a point to make bigger, scarier decisions because of it. So that was when I was like, you know what, I'm going to move to Dubai. I'm going to take this chance. I'm going to see what happens. I'm not going to let anything in my life that is seemingly out of control me. And what about you, Summer? Jumping in against all odds with Dina. That was the biggest leap of pace I took in my life. Every day, it feels bigger than reality. Fantastic. So how many employees did you start out with when you started Nested? started with us. Our third partner, Anthony, was working remotely from Beirut at the time. Now we have across 14. 14, yeah. We have 14 people. Amazing. That's fantastic. In just three years. Yeah. Now, before we say goodbye, can you tell our listeners where they can find and follow you? And we'll also put this in the show notes. Yeah, of course. So we do have a website, which is nestedvfx.com. And then in our about team, you can see my personal page, Sammer's personal page. We have Instagram, nestedvfx. And, and LinkedIn. And LinkedIn, of course. Yeah, those are the places that you can find us. We will share that as well in the show notes. And again, I wish you well. We're looking forward to when you come back and talk more about what you're doing in the mental wellness and mental health space. I'm looking really excited about what you're going to be doing there. And again, thank you so much for being here with me today. It's been really a fascinating discussion and I've learned a lot. Terms that I certainly wasn't familiar with before. So thank you for that. Awesome. Awesome. Thank you. It was a pleasure. If you enjoy our conversations, please like and subscribe. See you next Wednesday.